Welcome to Justice Luthers, no! the most unqualified podcast discussing. Discussing? I was going for discussing or exploring. Discoursing upon. Yeah. Entertainment news and reviews. I'm your host, Preston, joined as always by my delightful co host. The bald one. <laughs> That's all you are to me. Very good. Fair. We're sticking with this intro. All right. Finish it up. Uh, Matt, what should people do? Like, subscribe, and tell a friend. Check out our TikTok. We're apparently famous on that. How can people or check something. out our TikTok? Uh, uh, at Justice Losers Pod. Nice. Dot Gmail at com. Good. <laughs> Very good. Ow. Yes. Okay. Uh, Matt, what you been up to? <laughs> <laughs> Matt, what you been up to? Can't do me first. That's just not how this works. Oh, <laughs> uh, we can. You just have to know the things that real Matt has been up to. Uh, crying. Yeah, mostly. Drinking a lot. A lot of that. A lot of video games. I've been playing mm-hmm. Mario Kart. Yeah. Just figured out how to turn off the auto thing. Where yeah. Now I'm dying a whole bunch because I suck at video games. Not wrong. And I'm stuck on the second gym of Pokemon. <laughs> no, I beat the first seven. Oh. Caught God. First seven? Yep. How many gyms are there? Eight. I thought there was seven. No, there's eight. You're already through to like the almost, almost the last gym? Yep. And Jeez. I caught God. And you, oh, you caught, wow, you were blitzing through. <laughs> yeah. Is that Arc, Arcs, Arce, Arce, Arce? Arceus? No, it's uh, Dialga. Dialga. Is Arceus the other one? Probably. Okay. Look, they just keep getting bigger and bigger. Yeah. Can't it just be some big, like, legendary thing, like Grodon and, I guess those were like the gods of land and water or whatever. Yeah, they're always, it's always something. Um. Yeah, no, and I mean beating the first seven gyms is still not super far into the game. Um, I mean, it's reasonably far, but mm. you still have to beat the Elite Four and then beat the Elite Four again, and there's all kinds of places to explore that I haven't been yet. It's uh, still a ways to go. Gotcha. So, um, What's your yeah. strategy? Just best card available? <laughs> Catch them all. Catch them all. <laughs> all of them! And then, yeah, within that, I mean, just, I don't know, get a good balanced team mm-hmm. that... Um, does a lot of damage, I guess. You reading the stats at all? Not as much as I probably could. You can go pretty hard with that. Yeah. yeah. I'm just kind of like, this one's big and scary and it can do all kinds of powerful moves. Mm-hmm. I like it. This one's little and scary and can do lots of powerful moves. I like it. <laughs> a little tiny little thing doing like magnitude. Yeah. Good stuff. What Pokemon do you have? Uh, Don't say any of the weird new ones. Start with do Gen 3 or less. Gen three or less. See, I don't know what the what. That's fair. Just start the... reading. Uh, start listing what you have. Okay, so um, well, like your main team, basically. Yeah. So the the top of the line is the Torterra, which is the Grass Starters final evolution. Okay. Um, you want Grass Starter? Yeah. What a weirdo. I like grass, man. No one. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I thought I'd mix it up. Um, usually before I've gone for the fire one, and I thought, well, you know that what, is the best one to go for. Uh, unless you want to beat the rock gym at the start or the water gym at the start. That's why you um, just get other Pokemon as well. You get grass Pokemon. You yeah. train them up. Yeah, fair. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I thought it was fun. It's a big turtle. It's got trees on its back now. It's exciting. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Okay. Um, let's see. I've got a uh, knocked owl. Knocked owl? Like N-A-C-H-T? And O-C-T. An OCT? Okay. Knocked out, like nocturnal. Yeah. Knocked out, and then you get it. Yeah. You kind of get it. Okay. Um, is that a dark Pokemon? Uh, No, it is Flying Psychic. Flying Psychic? Yeah. Interesting. Yep. Um, I've got it. It's got a good little variety of moves. And then um, I've got Murkrow, which is Flying Dark. Okay. Um, which kind of counterbalances some um, some of those. Um, I've got uh, Houndoom. Um, that normal no, ground fire. Oh, it's like a hellhound. Oh, interesting. It's pretty cool. It's kind of terrifying looking. Nice. Um, let's see. I've got a graveler that's just it was the geo dude that I caught like with my third pokeball <laughs> ever. That's just kind of been along for the ride and is now level forty five. <laughs> gotta trade him. Yeah, no, I need to. Um, I need to have someone to trade with. Get you I that golem. I think you can do it online though. Now I haven't really explored that. Gotcha. But I think you can do internet. Um, Isn't Hannah also playing? 
yes, but I don't know if you can trade between users on the same device. Oh. So, I don't Kinda know. Lame. We'll figure it out. Yeah. But, yeah, I need to get that for Machamp and Golem and Kingar and those things. Um, let's see. Uh, I have a... Gengar uh, is a trading? Yeah. Huh. I've never gone for them. Mm-hmm. But that's Haunters. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. What else do I have? Um, Obama Snow. Obama Snow? Obama Snow. It's the Abominable Snowman. Oh my god. It is ice and grass. You have any water Pokemon? Uh, yeah. Not very many powerful ones, though. Uh. Um, I want to get an Octillery, because I love octopuses. Who's the god? Oh, you already said that. Dialga. What type is that? Dragon and steel. Oh. Boo. Yeah. Kind of useless. Yeah. So, it's fun. Okay. Um, yeah, that's mostly it. Um, let's see. Luxray. Luxray. It's like an electric cat thing. Okay. Um, pretty nice. Powerful. Yeah, so I mean, it's a good lineup. Yeah. Um, I think I'll be pretty well equipped to take down the last gym leader. Last gym leader is electric type, so mm. I'll just shove out my graveler first. Yeah. Be like... <laughs> dirt. Mud slap. Dirt. Ground. Dirt. Yep. Also, my Torterra knows earthquake, so it's just going to be like thump, thump, thump. Yeah. Knock them all down. Should be pretty yeah. easy. Hopefully. There's knockdowns? No. Oh. Gotcha. Metaphorically speaking. Gotcha. Yeah. I see. I see. Um, yeah no it's it's good it's fun um nice going a long ways exploring a lot of things and catching a lot of pokemons fun it's also this one's much more of like a farming simulator because you can farm the berries you can do that in gen 3 but only at like there's like uh maybe a couple Mm. spots on like every route Mm -hmm. and like a couple in a town maybe yeah i mean it's it's not like everywhere but yeah it's it's a couple on on the routes and some yeah. of the towns have a few and yeah, yeah. various buildings but yeah yeah nice so good stuff good time. what else you been doing uh started obi-wan i'm sorry um <laughs> how far did you get first two episodes that's unfortunate yep um <laughs> i am a little bit delighted a little bit frustrated and a little bit frustrated for other reasons okay um i'm delighted because i have said since the beginning that all i want from this show is obi-wan sad in the desert i'll put up with anything else as long as i get obi-wan sad in the desert and i got got obi-wan sad in the desert desert. so i'm i'm happy i'm okay um i'm a little bit frustrated because it's not great um the writing is very flawed um i want to it my my first point of frustration is I go into everything that you've seen first with the deliberate intention to have a different opinion than you. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) And it's very difficult for me to have a different opinion because you're spot on. Yeah. (laughs) The the visuals are pretty good. It's cool to see Obi-Wan back on screen. Um, I like some of the world building stuff. Gosh, the writing's kind of a mess. It's not good. Um, and I was like, oh, we're going for the forest chase scene. I am prepared for this to be not as bad as he made out. It, it was worse. It was- <laughs> <laughs> Even Hannah looked over me afterwards and was like, Ugh. yeah, it's not <laughs> good. Not critical about that sort of thing. But yeah, no, Did you love the guy that gets stopped at the branch. She's like, oh, oh, I can't step over this branch. <laughs> Foiled by a twig. <laughs> And it's a lot of like, and my description of them running like penguins with gout, spot on, <laughs> nailed it. Just like adults trying their hardest to run as slow as possible while still looking like they're running. Yeah, just so clumsy. Um, and would have been much easier to do very differently. You could have cut the scene entirely. Yeah, they, she got. Or, that's what I'm saying. She got caught anyway. Yeah. What was the point? Yeah. Um. And I think I, I think there's a there's a chase scene uh, toward the end of episode two that similarly yep. the whole point of it could have been just it big picture I think my problem is it feels very rushed yeah um it's it's sloppy execution there's a lot of things that they with another couple of rounds of edits would have realized do we really need to give a child actor Leia this much screen time and this mm-hmm. many lines I mean the lines are fun but. Uh, this is a lot, and also, um, child actors are very hit and a miss. Yeah. 
Also, I was thinking about this just now that like they make her very wise. Yeah. As a nine year old. But Leia as a 20 year old isn't a whole lot wiser. Like she's had 11 more. Like she's wise. Like Mm -hmm. the original trilogy, Leia is pretty wise. Mm hmm. But not as wise as a 20-year-old would be if they were this wise when they were nine. I don't know. Also, it's 10. She does say 10. 10. Oh. So. That changes Actually. everything. Yeah. Um, It's like she just, like, stagnates her wisdom. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, no, uh, speaking of things being rushed, I really want to like Reva's character, but she's so badly written. Um. I'm not going to play. Hey, that's a that's a, uh, a dog whistle for being racist. I don't have a problem with the performance. She's doing great with the material she's got, but boy, that's she has nothing to work with. Literally Hans or uh, Harrison Ford. You can write this shit. You can't say this shit. <laughs> yeah, no, like there's an interesting version of that character. And I, I imagine she'll get some more details. The show goes we when you finish it, we need to watch the Obi-Wan or the Kenobi cut uh, movie cut. Mm. someone cut together and it's on youtube like a movie length version of this Mm -hmm. that is apparently genuinely pretty good i would believe it it feels like there's some good stuff in here yeah i don't want to watch that but i haven't had a chance to so we should watch that yeah um yeah no uh i i like the grand inquisitor um he's cool i guess big scary bald dude just wait he gets better i sympathize with him yeah you'll see um there was so the the very last shot of episode two is a a zoom out on vader in a bacta tank Mm -hmm. with the mask on and you hear the breathing and you're like oh snap he's coming we're gonna get vader in this show and i think the zoom there was like a sort of a a jolt in it it wasn't smooth huh just a little tiny (laughs) detail but again if you're rushing to get this out that's the sort of thing you don't really catch yeah just sloppy 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 quantity over quality yep Man, I was really, really hoping to like it more than you were saying, but I mean, we'll get it through gets, it. But. The show gets better. Like you've mm-hmm. got through the bad, like the two worst. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still not great for the next two episodes, but like the last two, like pretty okay. Cause it's really mm-hmm. not a whole lot of writing. Like, so mm-hmm. it's just kind of cool character moments and cool v- fighting. V- lightsabers. And yeah, exactly. Uh, so like it, you've gotten through the, the worst of it. Hooray. <laughs> it doesn't improve a whole lot don't feel like it's gonna get better but like it it definitely gets less bad all right cool all right um that's the that's the only thing other than um thor shoving blunder yeah i'm I'm sticking with that okay i think that's a good name for it yep uh i spilled water on my crotch uh no you wet yourself pretty much everyone look preston Uh, wet himself (laughs) um pretty much all i can say since I've finished it is so I finished horizon zero dawn. Now I'm working on horizon forbidden West. Uh, so now I can talk about zero dawn fully. Okay. Zero dawn 30. Holy shit. That's a good game. Um, cool. It is. It's a perfect mix to me of Witcher, uh, in that it takes, um, you, you have to strategize when going in to fight a big, sure. Uh, robot dinosaur. Uh, they all have weaknesses. They all have, like, if you use a certain weapon type at a, on a certain part of it, then, mm-hmm. like, it'll, like, do things. You can, like, there's a bunch of different tactics. Fire of... is super effective against grass. Yes. I know this. Uh, except fire is effective against fire, basically. They have, like, little canisters, and it's, like, a blaze uh, canister, and if you catch it on fire, it explodes and does a whole bunch of damage. Oh, very good. Also damages you. Don't do that when you're up close. Good Preston. to know. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also, like, Fallout with, like, the... Uh, crafting and upgrades and uh kind of post-apocalyptic stuff Mm -hmm. and so and the acting is like i love the way that aloy the main character is Mm -hmm. um it's very much kind of a um i get wonder woman vibes in the it's stupid the way you do things Mm -hmm. kind of confidence um and it's it's weird because it's like so Right at the beginning, the 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 kickoff of the story is you are just this outcast. You were cast out when you were born from oh. your tribe. Okay, uh, you don't have a mother, and it's like it's because you were cast out because you're motherless. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, only the first quarter of the main story kind of explains 
that. So like you figure that out very quickly. Okay. Um, but this is this is set in a world thousands of years or about a thousand years after uh some big event some big catastrophe Mm -hmm. uh and you're trying to piece it together and robot dinosaurs isn't the catastrophe uh that i'm not gonna spoil things because i think that people shouldn't i think people should play it i think that it could be a game that you might enjoy because it's very open world and explorery and Mm -hmm. stuff like that and the story is good and like learning what happened is really interesting. I feel like I'm going to be really bad at it. Cause I'm going to just the whole time be trying to throw pokeballs at the robot dinosaurs. I want to catch you. <laughs> uh, it's the, the pacing of what it explains is really good. And also uh, it does a really good job of when you're going into a, call it a dungeon, like some exploratory sure. delve, um, a dinosaur den. You can get the, you know what flavor text is? Yeah, we've, we've talked about that. We've had this conversation, we, we this have, exact conversation I, in this exact kind of context yep. about four times in a row. Damn it. Uh, I think I talked about it last time. Like, the flavor text ad, like, gives you a little story. So, like, you get little uh, audio clips of someone a thousand years ago talking and you get several of them and it kind of, you can follow the track of a person through whatever okay. story they had. Um. And so you start out as an outcast who is very good at fighting and climbing and stuff. And you go into this thing called the, uh, the proving where it's basically, uh, this, uh, competition of a bunch of like kids, Mm -hmm. like 16 to 18 year olds where they climb a bunch and have to shoot things and stuff. And it's like a competition. And you, if you maze runner, huh? So maze runner. Maybe. I don't know. I haven't seen Maze Runner. Uh, at the end to. of it, if you succeed, then you, like, if you make it to the end, then you become a brave, which is like a warrior, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the middle of it, you get attacked by this, like, cult that tries to kill you. Oh. Specifically you. That's and so fun. that's what it, like, leads into figuring things out. But Aloy has this, like, arrogance right at the beginning. Okay. That is, she's like, oh, I'm really good at what I'm doing. I'm gonna win this. And, like, it's kind of annoying right at the beginning because this character who has, like, proved mm-hmm. themselves. Uh, and by the end of it, the arrogance hasn't changed at all. Mm-hmm. And in the and with Forbidden West, the next game, same level of arrogance. Very good. Fully earned. Like ah. you're like Aloy of anyone. Like at the beginning, it's just like, oh, we need to go kill this monster. And Aloy is like, I'll take care of it. It'll be fine. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, okay, you're probably gonna die. And then she goes and takes care of it. And then at the end, it's like, oh yeah, there's that giant monster that like will literally level an entire city. And she's like, I'll take care of it. And you're like, she'll take care of it. <laughs> Good. And it like it's it's written very very well with mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, it's just so much fun. Uh, it with a game like that where like you are learning a lot about the backstory of things it really picks up towards the end and I fall into my usual trap of I try to complete things as they like, mm-hmm. like the world gets revealed to me and stuff. But about the last third of the story, like picks up really quickly and I'm really into it and just forget the rest of the world and do the main mission. Yeah. And, uh, at the end it has kind of a, you'll see if, if you finish certain main quests or side quests, you have friends there mm-hmm. around you. Uh, they don't really add any practical stuff to it. It's not like something with like Mass Effect where certain uh, side quests, how you how the end results depends on those side quests, having completed those side quests. Right. Um, this one's just like, oh, hey, my friend is here. Cool. Great. Um, I think this one, this new one, uh, Forbidden West, is uh, going a lot more on the route of you'll want to finish these because they may play into the end. Uh, uh, so I am being good. a lot more careful with it. It's also freaking huge. So I blitzed through Horizon Zero Dawn in, I think, four days. Mm-hmm. I've been playing the same rate for probably a week and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am about halfway through the map. Wow. There is so much to do. And honestly, it's getting a little tedious mm-hmm. um but i think it's getting a little tedious because i'm like trying to approach it very completionist like kind of going sure. through like list by list instead of just like kind of existing in the world right um but 
this game, Forbidden West, I'm substantially through it, uh, so I can kind of talk about it. It does a really good job of building on the previous game, mm-hmm. where it it realigns relationships in a way that makes sense. Um, there's a character that you were a tentative ally with in the first game that you are now adversarial, mm-hmm. and like the kind of that progression makes sense for both characters. Sure, um, and also all of the side missions are so much better, and the um, dialogue exchanges mm-hmm. are done a lot better where it's not just two standing figures talking to each other just like a cut b right. cut basically uh it's a lot more dynamic where like you have these really interesting written characters getting up and like having personality and moving around the room and stuff and they always have to go back to where they were standing right because that's just how that like whatever the next option you choose for dialogue they have to move around but they need to start there right um but like it's it's at least far more interesting to watch, and I don't find myself just skipping through all the dialogue. More. Right. I'll like actually start a dialogue, set my controller down, and just kind of like watch nice. the dialogue happen. Um, there's a lot of really fun characters, um, and the side quests are much less of fetch, uh, go kill monster, go grab this, uh, go find this person, like stuff like that. It's a lot more um, seeped in lore and this person needs help doing this. You go and you kind of figure out there's always, there's a, there's a mystery and investigation and a, uh, and a satisfying outcome Mm -hmm. to every single side quest. Not just a, I need five flowers. Go five fly flowers. Uh, because I, and like, like, I need five flowers because I'm making a painting for whatever this thing is, where it's just kind of like vaguely lore. Yeah. But with this one, uh, it's my son has gone missing uh he was or my grandson uh went and joined the rebels and i think that there's there's hope for him i think he can be convinced to come back you go and find him and then he's like i completely messed up like i didn't realize mm-hmm. the rebels were this bad i uh there's this thing happening like they're at a camp nearby about to completely attack this town mm-hmm. can you help me and you go and you fight it but it's like so much more of a story with these characters than just go kill something mm-hmm. um, which makes the side quest so much more enjoyable to play uh, i often forget that i'm in a side quest nice that like i'm like by the end of it i'm like that was a really good like part of the story that wasn't even the main story <laughs> i was just genuinely engaged in this side quest that's how you know they're doing it right yes uh and it's i'm so excited it is i don't know if i talked about this because i don't know if they'd revealed it uh when we had it last time oh they hadn't because i hadn't started playing it uh we're in july of 2022 Horizon Forbidden West has already been given the best game of 2022. They're not even giving the other five months a chance. Wow. Um, And it shows. Like, this is such a beautiful game. Honestly, it is, like, up there with Red Dead 2 on just, like... Wow. The... Every character feels like their own personality. Mm -hmm. Um, There are a lot of people who are somewhat like kind of archetypal you have the the person who's like a nerd like who like is a kind of a crafter and then he and aloy are having a conversation where they're like oh but then like we could use this and they like kind Mm -hmm. of back and forth of these two good minds like it's been done before but it's still enjoyable yeah Um, it's satisfying that's why yeah everyone keeps going back to that well um and and i'm curious to see where they're gonna go with it next um aloy didn't have much of a flaw in the first game Okay. that she needed to get past it was more of a um she was an underdog and she had to prove herself the entire game mm-hmm. um this one they definitely gave her a flaw that doesn't violate the way it worked in the first game okay uh because in this one they're definitely like her flaw is like i can do this myself kind of like the batman sure. trope where it's like I, this is uh, my mission like i don't want you to get hurt blah 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 yeah um and the friends being like no like you need help and help mm-hmm. and help uh and i think i'm only halfway through the main quest and she's kind of gotten past that already mm-hmm. um she's already kind of um like she'll be like, all right, I'm gonna go do this thing, and there's the her two kind of main friends are like, all right, cool, we're coming with you, and she goes, okay, like she's kind of like already at least reluctantly accepting it, sure, which I'm glad that's the way they approach it because in like traditionally with that kind of that flaw and that um, growth is like 
no, 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 big finale, yes. Right. Um, I'm thinking of... Lego Batman is a really good example yeah. of that. Yeah. Um, but this one was a much more kind of gradual wearing down to where right now she doesn't depend on her friends. Like, she's like, I'm willing to bring you along. I can trust you. Mm-hmm. By the end of it, it will probably be like a, I can't do this without you kind uh-huh. of thing, which will be a, like... The big final boss fight is you just sitting under a tree watching your friends take down the last <laughs> that monster. That would be amazing. I'm just like, hey, hit hit the hit the acid canister. Not with that arrow. No, with the acid arrow. Hit the acid can. There you go. Don't stand next to it. Damn it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, I am I am thoroughly enjoying this game. Uh, it's back to kind of what I said about like the tediousness of it. Um. That only happens when I get stuck in a rut of doing one type of thing. Sure. And so it's it's super easy to snap out of it because then I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to go do a main quest. Mm-hmm. And it breaks me out of it. And then or like I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to go explore the next area. I haven't even met the third tribe yet. I'm just going to go south. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> um, I There is so much to do. And it's it's such a great example of a game building on itself mm-hmm. rather than trying to reinvent itself. Um, Assassin's Creed suffers from not doing that with how much they do. So basically it's uh, the first game was good. The second game was good. Well, the first game had like issues. The second game was good. And then Brotherhood built on Assassin's Creed 2. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's so good. Right. Revelations tried to change itself too much to where it was fine, but like it didn't, it didn't right. build enough off of it. It just tried to change things. Right. Uh, and then with Assassin's Creed 3, they re- tried to re- rebuild, like, make a new whole mechanic, and it was bad. Then Black Flag was good because it built on itself. And, like, so they kind of have that cycle of they keep trying to reconstruct, not just build on. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one was they had pretty much nailed the mechanics for the first one and kind of shorted the writing and like other mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And with this one, they're like, well, the mechanics are pretty much good. We can fine tune some things here and there, sure. add in like make me- melee combat, uh, combat a little bit easier to use. Um, but let's focus on writing. Mm-hmm. And this was done really well. And so the next game, which I don't even know where to theorize it's going to go because I haven't finished this one. Like it might go to space. That'd be cool. Maybe you get space space dino- robot dinosaurs. dinosaurs. <laughs> what could um, be better? Underwater robot dinosaurs. I bet that's it. There's already in this one. No, that's uh, they added diving mechanic into it. Which cool. I actually, as you got to my house, I was doing requests that gives me the diving breathing apparatus. Oh, nice. So I'm like, I haven't had a chance to like do the full diving. Yeah, I keep hitting all these like, oh, there's a question mark, and I go to the question mark, and then I like dive in water, and I'm like, ah. It's like an underwater cavern. I don't have the breathing thing, so I can't yep. do this. So I'm like about to go back and do all those. Um, nice. But it's just, it's a beautiful game too. There's been a few missions where you have to climb all the way to the top of like some big mountain mm-hmm. and you have a glider thing. And then like, she's like, oh, I can glide off. Kind of gives you that little nudge and yeah. you jump off and glide and you glide for like three minutes. And like Whoa. the camera forces you to like kind of look around at it. And uh-huh. it's like, it's beautiful look at this beautiful world we rendered yep just just soak in its glory a little bit and then i let go of the glider and just pull it <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i think the if there's i th- i think with this game what what this game has over in terms of um uh, so it's called question mark chasing or mm-hmm. location chasing sure uh which is a um a thing now in open worlds that is is kind of a problem if not done really well mm-hmm. uh witcher 3 kind of had the problem where it's just like ah location chase like you there's a question mark and you run to it and it's like a nest of a monster you just kill three monsters and put a bomb in the nest and it's done mm-hmm. um and it's superficial that way like it just feels like you're just like you're like not getting anything from all of these like locations yeah um and Assassin's Creed Valhalla is uh, grotesquely bad at that because um, mm. it's just like all every bit of the locations are just a tiny little thing. You go and a person's like, uh, it's not even like a side quest. It's just uh, there's one that I remember person's like, hey, can you help me carry these apples to my house? You pick up a crate. 
and you follow the person to their house and you put the crate down and then they have like a little party that you can like kind of like eat an apple and it's like can you murder everyone at the party no (laughs) what's the point it's like that's that's the thing it's like that's the kind of thing that valhalla has in its world general rule for life never throw a party if you're not prepared to murder everyone that turns up that is a good rule. I do stand by that. Mm-hmm. That is tattooed on my arm, in fact. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the whole thing. Never, mur- never, never murder a party, anyway. Um, <laughs> unless you're a DM. Unless you're a DM. Look, man. <laughs> you pissed me off enough. Um, but this game, every question mark is like a fully explorable area mm-hmm. or um, a location that is like a full puzzle of like having to like move crates around and like climb on things and like get to a certain item um a gear stash like a place to like rest Mm. um camps like bandit camps that like and all of the bandit camps have an element that play into a story basically every question mark even if it is a trivial thing like a um kill everyone in this area Mm -hmm. thing you will always it'll be like kill the leader you loot him you find a key to a chest that is part of a bigger story that connects them all. Mm-hmm. And so even though with just that individual camp, it's a kind of a generic, like kill everybody by the time you finish them all, you're getting some fuller story to it. Right. Um, and it just makes it more satisfying to do them all. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's good. Cool. I'm enjoying it. It's going great. Good to hear. I watched, uh, Kaylin and I watched the, um, Secrets of Dumbledore. Oh no. Boy, that's a whole lot of nothing. I bet. It is, like, even Kaylin, who is not a particularly critical, like, she's smart, and, like, if she wants to be critical, she can be, but she loves Harry Potter, so she was trying to, like, enjoy it. Mm -hmm. It was like, I, that movie left me with nothing. Like, there is... No, it it is literally just like a prologue movie for the fight. Like all it is, is just like them setting the stage and there's really not even like an internal story. Wow. Like it's just nothing. (laughs) Miserable. It is like the acting is fine. The like there's little bits of humor that are fine. There are some adequately fantastic beasts. I think I counted there were. Uh, two adequately fantastic beasts, uh, two, um, barely fantastic beasts and one not fantastic at all beast. Okay. Um, if I can remember correctly, um, it just, it was, man, dude, just, yeah, I feel like the fight with Grindelwald with the way that they're doing it just needs to be a show. Like mm-hmm. th- this could have just been one episode of like, it's like, it's moving chess pieces yeah. basically where like things are moving, but nothing's particularly happening. How dare you disparage the good name of chess in this way? I mean, it's not disparaging. The, it's just no pieces are being taken right now. Okay. Like strategic maneuvering closed Roy Lopez tiles type of structure. Yeah, sure. Except that's not an <laughs> exciting game to watch because nothing is concluding yet like there are not like actions like being taken oh you're a bad chess fan well you know i didn't oh shit that nailed you in the (laughs) face (laughs) that was good (laughs) also i didn't talk about the chess news oh uh this is the biggest chess news in probably our lifetime uh magnus carlson is not going to defend his world championship title thank god Give me a new name to hear all the time when it comes to chess. Okay. Well, I've ended up on chess TikTok because you keep saying the word chess around me. <laughs> and like, and chess, some chess, of them chess, are like chess, kind chess, of like, chess, chess, chess. I'm learning a little bit. So like, I'll mm-hmm. watch them and be like, oh, that kind of makes sense. Sure. And it's always about Magnus Carlsen. Yeah. He's the world champion. I get he's it. the best player ever. He's, I get it. He's good at this game. There's other good players. Yeah. <laughs> no one as good as him. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, that means that the world championship match will be played between uh, Jan Nepomnishi, um, who's a Russian player who got completely crushed by Magnus in the world championship match last year. Oh, so he's got vengeance, but he's not going to get his vengeance. Yeah, he's like, I'm kind of disappointed. I wanted my vengeance. He wouldn't have gotten vengeance. He would have gotten smushed again. <laughs> but, um, and the uh, other player will be Ding Li Ren, um, who's a Chinese player who's 
uh, very strong. There's some interesting backstory with uh, how I even got into that position. Hmm. But um, nice, yeah, great. So we can root for our two geopolitical foes. Yep, yeah. <laughs> love it. I like Dingler Ren more personally, so I'm kind yeah. of rooting for him. All right, that's all for that. Okay, let's talk about Boar Come and Blunder. Ooh, I didn't. Uh, I said, you know, I said blunder and whatever the words I said. Thor, love and thunder. Yeah. How do we do this? We're doing a review, so we're gonna do the good and the bad and the ugly. Yeah. Uh, we'll start with a spoiler section. We'll go in in depth, and then we'll do a nice little non-spoiler recap at the end. Yep. Um, and I think Gage to... does a little like kind of shuffle shuffle to put the non-spoilers at the beginning, so ah, uh. you. Don't hear. I don't know what he does. I don't listen to our episodes. Why would I said you? them. Yeah, <laughs> I was there. <laughs> was I invested? Was I paying attention? Nope. No, not really. What game did I just play? Um, Red Dead Dawn. <laughs> I was really hoping you were going to say Red Dead Redemption. <laughs> they were close. Uh, yeah. What'd you think? Uh, should we do it as a non-spoiler? Yes. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, not a great movie. Um, another Marvel misfire after a run of up and down TV and a bad, mostly down TV, (laughs) um, a not great Dr. Strange movie, um, an Eternals movie, which no one has ever seen. No, apparently, um, it just doesn't exist. I continue to not see it. Uh, Spider-Man was pretty good, but yeah, that was December. Marvel's losing it, dude. Yeah, they're... they're Quantity over quality. I I didn't want to admit it, but they're losing the touch. Finally. Make room for DC. DC's had good movies. Hopefully these next few will be good. We'll see. Everyone's pans over to DC. We'll see. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. You get so much optimism, it's going to be so sad when they're all bad. It's going to be so Yeah, no, it's... uh, there's a lot of plot that happens in not enough time. It's just, it's very fast. Yeah. Um, and that leads to some tonal issues. Um, characters are not as well drawn as they should be. Gore is different from the comics, I think in a way that could be satisfactory, but he's just, he's not given enough screen time or um, explanation. And as you pointed out, he's sometimes characterized very inconsistently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's some plot stuff that kind of just, appears out of nowhere i didn't talk about this in the spoiler section really but the whole eternity thing oh yeah it's just very much oh okay that's i guess that's we made thing. that up for yeah. the, the purposes of wrapping up this story in this particular <laughs> way that we're aiming for yeah, yeah. no um kind of just a mess has its fun moments has its cool aspects but yeah. not great not great yeah uh yeah no i feel it was by and large uh copy paste of ragnarok but like the copy paste in terms of like tone and humor and stuff so none of it was yeah. particularly surprising yeah uh with a plot that was basically a uh they say a line and the movie kind of says just go with it mm-hmm. and you kind of spend the most of the time just going with it and yeah. not really feeling a whole lot of it you yeah. walk out going mm, and really get anything from that mm-hmm Thor Love and Thunder? Uh, hot take, worst Thor movie? Really? Yeah. It is a hot take. Yeah? Uh, I think it's not nearly as good as Ragnarok, but, like, the first two Thors aren't... Well, I guess the first Thor is, like, first okay. fine. I would say it's the the second to worst. Okay. I don't, I don't think this is world. worse than Ragnarok. <laughs> I meant, yes, Dark, uh, dark Thunder... <laughs> Love World. Yeah. That, that one. one. Yep. Yeah. It's called Dark World? Dark World. Dark World, yeah. Yep. Yeah. That one was Which, just not... Stupid name, but... Yeah. It was just not good. Like, this one was at least mildly fun. Like, it had, like, the fun kind of Korg moments and stuff, and some sure. of the combat was pretty good, and, like, the story... so. The story, while... I don't know. Explain your... What your issues you had with it. I'm sweating. <laughs> it's muggy in here yeah um i think my biggest problem was a uh failure to live up to the things that tried to set itself 
Um, Dark World did not set out to be as ambitious mm-hmm. and failed to live up to the ambitions as ever itself, but it was it was a lower bar to clear and within its own parameters, it was not terrible. Um, this one tried to do a lot of things and did most of them fairly poorly. Mm-hmm. Not awful, but just missed the mark or yeah. cheapened versions of things. Um, there were a lot of tonal conflicts. There were a lot of things that really felt like they should have been in separate movies. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the improvisational humor just didn't work in places. I didn't really feel like I was rooting for anybody. Mm. Just didn't really enjoy it. I can see that kind of a mess. Yeah. I agree that it didn't really feel like I was rooting for anybody. The tonal stuff I don't really notice as much because I'm not mm-hmm. seeing that. Um, the humor did feel repetitive. Like it felt like they just kind of like copy and pasted a lot of stuff from the last movie. Yeah. Like uh, Korg randomly just dropping some like philosophical bomb about why you are the way you are. <laughs> like this, yep. the exact same joke basically. Yep. Um, and like. It it felt like the characters were different characters than they were in Ragnarok. Yeah, like Valkyrie didn't feel like the same character. I feel like it feels like there was growth in between. Yeah, growth, but also diminishment in some ways. Yeah, um, yeah. She becomes, she sort of takes ownership of that leadership role, which you'd kind of expect her to have done um, in the interim, um, and which we kind of get in the little montage at the beginning where she's, mm-hmm. you know, ribbon cutting and yeah. sitting in council meetings and stuff like that. Um, but she loses a lot of that swagger and poise that made yeah. the character so exciting in Ragnarok. She's just kind of there. Yeah. I feel like Jane is not who she was in oh, the original not even movies. Close. Yeah. Um, um, she got funnier with cancer. <laughs> yeah. She was just so much less sure of herself. Mm-hmm. which and it wasn't like le- i guess it's not less sure of herself it was it's like she forgot that she's brilliant when she got the hammer yeah like where was her smartness for the rest of the movie like it was just her being witty and like thor and having hammer and stuff but problem like, is when you pick up a hammer you stop being brawny uh, brainy and start you start becoming brawny. brawny yeah you can't be brainy and brawny yep i guess that's fair yep um I really didn't like the Star Wars Episode Nine style uh, snip that whole plot thread right in the nip thing with uh, the Guardians. Oh, yeah. Where they spent 15 minutes to explain why Thor isn't with the Guardians anymore. Yeah. Like, I hate that yeah. nonsense. It makes sense in-universe. He's one of the most powerful beings around. He's kind of going to upstage him a little bit and not fit with their real vibe and... But at the same time, yeah, it felt cheap in the movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I think uh, to me, it felt like the uh, the Jane Foster Thor is an interesting story in its own right and deserves to be told well. And the gore, the God Butcher story is an interesting story in its own right and deserves to be told well. And I think trying to smush them together in a relatively brief under two hour movie. Yeah. Um, like an hour 57 or something but um it is going to end up rushing Mm -hmm. a lot of things i really would have loved probably another half hour of runtime and i think you could probably smush both those there in there in there together um but you'd need to you need to approach it differently um Mm -hmm. you'd probably need a director other than taika uh i think he was the wrong person to execute this concept because he's too fast-paced and goosey and upbeat and quippy and um irreverent and the handling of gore i mean gore was christian bale's having a lot of fun mm-hmm. a lot of the conceptualization of the character is very interesting it's pretty different from the comics but i think there's ways to intersect it nicely um i don't really have a problem with it but it just it felt like every time gore was on screen we dropped into a different movie yeah i i had a problem with the gore because he like didn't feel like the same villain mm-hmm in three consecutive instances yeah um sometimes he would be like the 
I am the man who murders gods and I like the like that mm-hmm. menacing and then sometimes he's like kind of the maniac like a little mm-hmm. bit of that kind of thing and yep. then sometimes he's just like the sad guy like yep. it that I didn't know what his emotions were like what <laughs> Should I be afraid of this guy? Should I, like, because he's just powerful? Should I be afraid of this guy because he's unhinged? Mm -hmm. Should I be sad for him because he's, like, being corrupted by some blade? Like, Mm -hmm. what's... So... What are my emotions? I think a version of this movie that works is not Thor Love and Thunder. It's Gore Love and Thunder. Okay. We make this Gore's movie. um, And Thor's just in it. Because, ultimately, he's a much more interesting character than Thor at this point um and playing off the dynamic of them more as equally matched opponents instead of oh it's another bad guy for thor to fight right um i think raises the stakes with the the gore character and helps kind of elevate the tone a little bit Mm -hmm. um again you probably need to lose some of the humor slow down the edit a little bit let it breathe yeah i mean just a elevator pitch here um jane foster gets the hammer through slightly less artificial means then um, the movie laid out. Oh, the book is talking to you, Jane. <laughs> that was I was like, okay, yeah, that wasn't. I would rather they didn't explain honestly where she gets. Yeah, the it was hammer. also like s- tell, don't show. Yeah, like that has that has to be a deleted scene somewhere where it actually like shows her getting the hammer. Honestly, I would have preferred her to just show up, and we don't know how she got the hammer exactly. It would have saved 10 minutes of yeah. unnecessary backstory added a fun little mystery and solved the problem of there's not a clean way to write her getting the hammer that doesn't come across as really stupid and deus ex machina yeah um but you make this gore's movie she has the hammer and she's out thoring about and gore comes for her and then that calls thor into the fight calls thor's attention to the fight um i feel like the best way to have her get the hammer is just like you know when you're a kid and you just like oh we're still adults and you still like sometimes try to have the force sometimes like, regularly i've been trying to force choke you for about six years straight <laughs> in case you hadn't noticed uh like when you're like ah like, oh, if only i could do that but like it does like mm-hmm. have her react like what oh my god like yeah that she doesn't know what's going on she was just kind of like making a joke of like oh what if i just picked it up i picked it up like just kind of like that would be the best way to do it there is no like mystical thing going on like she just is worthy yeah why is thor worthy because he was born with it yeah like just let the mighty thor just be worthy and like accidentally find out yeah like kind of when when uh with uh captain america when Mm -hmm. it moved a little bit Mm -hmm. it just is a little bit worthy Mm mm-hmm that's the way to do it. Yeah, that's, that'd be that'd be a perfectly fine way to do it. <laughs> yeah, no, just the um, I don't know. The save the children plot is like okay, yeah, all right, who cares? Like, I I don't even understand why that was part of the plot because Thor was already going to go fight Gore. Yeah, why put the children in danger? Um, the I think the purpose and the reason I think there is a good movie in here somewhere. Um, is the the movie is sort of all about what gods mean to people or what like idols mean to people. There's sort of a meta textual thing about superheroes and right. the role in society, or there could be um, in a better execution. So you need some kids in there to be like, yeah, this is this is our hero. He's coming to save us. Mm. But there had to be some better ways to play that. I think. Yeah. Now, sure, it was fun seeing a four-year-old with her little stuffed bunny <laughs> mowing through shadow monsters. Yeah, but was it worth it? I don't know. Not necessarily. Also, Gore got his mind changed far too easily. Yeah, and that's Hated why that part. That's why we need it to be his movie because we need to understand how he gets from point A to point yeah. B to point C, and then we buy in. Yeah, you went from point A to point F, like. <laughs> yeah instantaneously and they didn't do enough with the it was it was right there with gore is being destroyed by the hammer and jane is being destroyed by cancer like by and also by the did i say hammer yeah. gore is being destroyed by the sword mm-hmm. jane is kind of being destroyed by the hammer mm-hmm. 
clear parallel. Yeah. And like they didn't do anything with that. Like that could have been an easy thing for Jane to be like, look, I understand mm-hmm. what's going on. Like that connection. Like yeah. utilize she sets that. Down the hammer and like he sees the state she's in. Yeah. Like that would be the best way for that. Like then he could understand mm-hmm. a little bit. And like it is less about like his mission of like bringing his daughter back, but more of like realizing he was being corrupt by the mm-hmm. hammer or something like that or the dagger yeah. the, the sword yeah i don't know yeah no i think i think there's a way to do it um we've kind of been starting off with bad here haven't we i don't care <laughs> what was good what did we enjoy about this <sighs> man now i ranted and i'm getting mad about things um <laughs> you're gonna far from home it the power of the hammer to like shatter and destroy everything was pretty cool that was awesome that Not was good lie. here for that yeah, um, I think they did a really good job of her Jane Foster being Thor, and I liked the correction of the like mm. her whole rant, like calling him calling her Lady Thor. She's like, first of all, it's Mighty Thor, and yep. I was like, see, that needed to happen. We did need that moment. Second of all, I will accept Doctor Jane Foster. <laughs> like that was it was a really good like that correction like that is the jane foster that we know and yes that felt authentic that felt good yeah uh natalie portman was just generally good like if if you just named a different character then mm-hmm. like not being the same jane foster i think totally fine she totally killed it like for what there was uh i'm gonna disagree with you on that a little bit all right she's a good actress but she was not well suited for that fast-paced quippy loosey-goosey improvisational style stuff. that's fair um and there were a lot of moments where it really felt like she was kind of out of place yeah among the the humor didn't and i guess yes okay the, like the, her comedic bits i didn't really mm-hmm. dig as much it was more of like the tragedy like mm-hmm. like when she was sick and like when like when the non-quippy bits like yeah her no. having to be serious and stuff like that and natalie portman when she gets a chance to act she'll out act anyone in the yeah. room not disputing that here but yeah. i just i think she wasn't well suited to the type of movie that this ended up being yeah um Korg um, was fun he always is always is fun yeah good time um christian bale was clearly having the most fun that he's had in years yep and i support fun generally um it did not lose his mind on set this time nope who did that recent? Oh, it wasn't someone actually doing it recently. It was a um, completely off topic. There's a video of an actor like throwing a fit mm-hmm. on set, but it's like, I think it was that they were filming a bit about an actor losing their mind on set. Oh, and so and someone else got like side footage of it and people were like, oh, like he's being a, a diva. And it's like, that was literally what it was supposed to be. I can't remember who it was. It was someone pretty big that like uh, when I saw it, I was like this person like losing their mind. I said, I was like, really? It was not place that. But anyway, um, also completely unrelated. But uh, they interviewed Hugh Grant at Comic-Con um, mm. about his role in Dungeons and Dragons. And he had a just a absolutely we didn't talk about dungeons and dragons during the news episode oh we skipped right over it gage you'll have to edit this nah (laughs) it'll be fine we'll talk about it next time yeah um no there was a there was a bit where he was talking and he's like you know in his british accent which Mm -hmm. i'm not going to attempt to do because it's going to become sean yes it is (laughs) entirely too rapidly uh he's uh he's talking to the interviewer and he's um it's like yeah well i was uh I was doing some acting. I was doing my scene and it was really some of the best acting I've ever done. Truly. I think some of the best acting anyone has ever done, but I went back and I looked at it afterwards and they'd, they'd animated this big monster behind me. And I, yeah, I felt upstage. <laughs> <laughs> Just totally deadpan. <laughs> oh my God. It's uh, so weird to have he's a goofball that, that movie, dude, I haven't had a chance to talk about it. We'll talk about it next time. Yeah. Gotta make sure we do. Yeah. Or whenever the next trailer comes out. Gelatinous cube. It's gonna be terrible. Unless they Lego movie it. Doesn't look like they are. It didn't look like they were gonna Lego movie Lego movie. With this, it's less about like a oh, just surprise it happens to be like that thing like mm-hmm. Lego movie was. This needs to be like the quirks about D D 
mm-hmm. and like there were jokes in the movie none of them were about the quirks or right. there were jokes in the trailer but none of them were about the quirks of D&D right like uh it's just like hey cast a spell is like i can't i'm out of slots like something like anything <laughs> like that like i can't i'm out of energy like just a joke yeah that is like clearly D&D um yeah fair good anyway anyway thor love and thunder that's all i got for good that i can think of okay i mean it was generally like i think the good part of it was just that it was like kind of fun yeah yeah um i i liked the ending i like it, it was way too rushed and kind of came out of nowhere for anyone's character arc but thor having a sudden murder child is great oh yeah um and i'm really excited to see how that plays out in the future does the kid have his hammer or is uh oh she's carrying Stormbreaker. I don't remember. Cause I think it's like as big as her. Might be. Can't remember what it was. Yep. But it's just a delightful little scene of like getting ready to go out and yeah. wage battle. Yep. <laughs> uh you want some ugly? That's to do some ugly. Alright. Um so for one thing, the, where are Gore's tentacles? Where are Gore's tentacles? I mean, he has some head scars. So yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> Got cut off or something at some point. But they never showed. No, they never showed tentacle Gore, which um, is probably a good thing because it lets Christian Bale do a little more acting. Um, so Malekith, the the Malekith character design in the movie, um, Thor: Dark World, mm-hmm. is super makeup heavy effects heavy and it's a really cool look but you can't do any acting with it right and the actor they had i can't remember who it was it was one of the doctor who's was kind of upset because he's like i'm a good actor i want to act this is an exciting villain malekith is supposed to be a really exciting villain yeah and he just kind of had nothing to do it's very flat-faced so this changing the look of gore um lets christian bale actually do some acting and lets the good actor act which is i think really strong really good um i think what's what's his name from pirates of the caribbean 2 would beg to differ he had some good acting and he was full of tentacles yeah yeah it's fair it's also not a fantastic movie so like not a great comparison yeah anyway um anyway uh gore and the jane foster becomes thor storylines don't really overlap um they're kind of grafted onto each other here um, the gore story is quite different in the comics. Um, so he is one of the last of his kind and they pray to the gods, but uh, have received nothing but pestilence. Um, he doesn't stumble upon random garden of even in the Eden in the middle of the desert though. Mm. Um, he is going through the desert and two gro- two gods crash to earth, locked in battle, um, having fought to the death and killed each other mm. in front of him. Um, one of them is bearing the necro sword. And he picks it up and kind of takes on the power and is like, he has the same realization of, oh, there's gods out there. They just don't care about us. Yeah. I have a weapon now. Let me see if I can go wage war on these guys. Um, I think it, again, if you go back to making this Gore's movie, that gives you sort of a good starting place where he can kind of build up and you can see him murdering some gods. And then it's a lot of build up. It's a lot of someone's out there killing gods and it's a bunch of Thor going through just um, ruined towns and finding the body of a God hanging from the rafters or something. Hmm. Um, Sort of detective work, almost detective Thor a little bit Um, really setting up the, the horror movie aspect early. This one, they just, they blitz through it. It's like, Oh, all these messages coming in. Oh, Gore's coming. Gore's coming, which is the Taika way to do it. But it's, it, Again, it kind of it loses some of the effectiveness for the character. Yeah. Because he's not built up as this horror movie monster. There's a really awesome page um, in the the first volume where Gore is introduced. Um, so the, the actual Gore story is told from three different timelines. There's one of Thor back in the Viking Age when he's just hanging out on Earth with Vikings. Okay. Um, there's modern day Thor who's actually going around and fighting him. And then there is future King Thor. Um, in the near the end of time, um, he's battling Gore again, mm. um, which is a really cool way to do it. Wouldn't wouldn't have worked in the movie, and I accept yeah. that. Um, but there's a really awesome page 
in uh, Viking Thor where they're just on a longboat and they're going through some fog and they're like, something feels a little off. And you kind of, you can just make out the shadowy figure of Gore standing in the water just out of hmm. sight line, just sort of behind the fog a little bit. Um, and then they go to one from Gore's perspective and he's like, your time is soon, God of Thunder, or something like that. Just the the creepy buildup of yeah. like, there's this shadowy monster guy lurking out there. Um, which the whole popping out of shadows thing, I'm pretty sure that's just a movie invention. I like it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like the cheap CGI monsters. Yeah. But I, I like the, the idea there. Um, yeah. And he then, got real good with the sword real quick. Yes. And that's the thing. We needed to build him up a little bit. Yeah. Should have been Gore's movie. Yeah. Same again. Uh, Jane Foster becoming Thor. Um, the circumstances of her getting the hammer are different. She does have cancer and yeah. it does cure her um, or temporarily temporarily it cure worse. her, yeah. making it worse. Um, so the, the storyline that it is, is the problem is she doesn't get the hammer because it's broken in a thing in the comics. She gets it because Thor becomes unworthy. Mm. Um, and so he roams around as the Odinson just being upset and, violent upsetty spaghetti yep uh and jane random i don't remember how she gets to the moon but she's on the moon because <laughs> that's where the, that's where the hammer got left gotcha um and she's like oh look a hammer how nice i'll pick it up and then she did you know it was mjolnir yeah oh so she and then picked it up yep and then she battles uh with it for a while and there's an entire run of comics where thor doesn't know who has the hammer no one knows who has the hammer and then it's it's all built up to a big reveal, mm. and then that kind of lays out the backstory. But yeah, the uh, the characterization of Jane, um, written kind of differently, but still sort of that same sensibility. If she's trying to find her footing, um, she's having a lot of fun, and she's immediately pretty good at this Thor thing. You know, having the yeah. magic hammer helps. Yep. Um, there's some fun little things where her internal monologue is kind of just normal Jane Foster, but her speech is getting progressively like more these and these and those. Yeah. She's like commenting on her own. Wait, why did I say that? <laughs> why am I talking like this? Tamer's really messing up my vocabulary. Um, which again, cause we had a short movie with two different stories smushed together. We don't get really to feel a lot of that. It's yeah. kind of just, Oh, here's Jane. Oh, there she goes. Sorry. Would you equate the pacing of this to Batman versus Superman? Sort of. Kind of the the villain that is really complex, but done cheaply. Mm-hmm. The introduction of certain characters and a conflict that is kind of... Eh, not totally... Like, the build-up that needed more build-up, that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. I think... A, a lot of what you're saying kind of rings with Batman versus Superman. Okay. Yeah, no, I see it. It's a more enjoyable movie than Batman yes, versus Superman. For sure, because it was actually being funny. Yep. And entertaining. Yeah. Um Yeah, no, I, I I see it. I think there's an analogy to be drawn there. No, Alright. Hmm. Final thoughts? Uh should we give it a number? Oh yeah. Uh, probably a six for me. Okay. Six out of 10. It's like a low five for me. Gotcha. Dangerously close to four territory. Wow. That's unfortunate. Yeah. It's probably in the argument for my least favorite Marvel movie. Wow. Really? Yeah. MCU movie, I should say. That's fair. Yeah. Okay. I could. It's down there with. It's definitely down there for me too, but not. Not the bottom. Because I think. I think Dark World is a four for me. Mm-hmm. I don't think there are any other fours. There are a few fives. Yeah, Guardians one is a five for me. This one's down in that neighborhood. You missed. You didn't even release. Nope. All right. Well, shall we? We shall. Thanks everyone for listening. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, ah, you did it. Podbean. We're just um, shooting rubber bands at each other. <laughs> we have fun here at Just Us Losers. It's a good company. time. Uh, we're on, uh, TikTok at just us losers pod. Uh, we're on Facebook and Twitter at just us losers pod and Instagram at just us. I mean, sort of, I say we're on these things, but we have an account. I don't know if we've logged into these accounts in the past year. I am perpetually logged in, but I do not post. Well, that's 
probably what I meant. Um, yeah, we have a Gmail, justusloserspot at gmail.com, where you can send us an email. Uh, let us know your thoughts on Thor Love and Thunder. Uh, are we too harsh? Are we too generous? We're right, just about right. I mean, I know the answer to that question. We're always right. We're definitely right. Um, but tell us. Stroke our egos a little bit. It's good stuff. Um, look forward next week to more Comic-Con stuff. We'll remember to talk about the Dungeons & Dragons trailer. Yeah. We're going to do it. Um, hopefully there will be some other exciting stuff coming off the back of that. Um, and hopefully we'll get a chance to go see Nope. And so we can talk about the Oppenheimer teaser. And also talk about Nope in a couple of weeks. Because apparently it's really, really good. Thanks for listening. Bye. 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 Bye.